Buckle up that chin strap. It's time for college football across the South. The Southern Blitz is here with your co-hosts, Jordan Wallace and Drew Adair. The regular season has come to an end, as and so has the season for all of the teams on our Home for Christmas list. But we carry on as we have the conference championship week this week, and then everyone awaits their bowl game selection. Well, I say everyone. Since the Arkansas season has mercifully come to an end, Drew has now decided to come out of hiding, rejoin <laughs> the podcast. Drew, was, was Turks and Caicos enough to cleanse your spirit from the hog season? You know, I, it was great while I was over there. I, I really went there to hopefully the, the, the clear, you know, water and the beautiful beaches would take my mind off just pitiful football. But, uh, you know, no, when, Pittman, I, when I – Pittman, not pitiful. Pittman. Sorry, excuse me. Pit, yeah, excuse <laughs> me. Pittman pitiful football. But the minute I landed uh, back in the States, I was reminded of the train wreck that, uh, that we are. So, I, I hate to tell you, I, I don't come back. Any uh, any better for it, man? Any mm. better for it? You know, I mean, it was such a such a laboring thing to go down there, you know, to the beach. But I, somebody had to do it. You know, yeah. I had to do it for my family. I'm a family man, George. You're, you're you know, a giver. I'm a, family you're a giver. Man. You, I'm a giver. Hey, you know yeah. what? I've, I was told a long time ago that when you are single, you take vacations, but when you have kids, you take trips because yeah. you're basically just babysitting your kids in another location. So yeah, it was I, uh, it was fun. You know, truly though, I was looking for. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, uh, you know, he went to, I know he went to Thailand. I didn't Maybe he'd be in the Caribbean, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe I could find him to hire him. Talk I, him I, into I Arkansas. Yeah. I didn't see him down there. Maybe he's on another Island. I, I tried. I did my part. I did my part. That's all I can well, say. And you know what? You didn't get a chance to, uh, to talk on it last week. Um, Cause obviously you were not on the pod. One of the things we had to address was obviously Hunter Yurichek talking about Sam Pittman. Going to retain him. Obviously, you got to find an OC. Let's let's start with Pittman. What are your thoughts on retaining Sam Pittman for next year? Well, you know, I mean, my my opinion is well known. I mean, I think it's a horrible decision. I don't think the timing could be any worse. You got Oklahoma, Texas coming into the conference. We've talked about that exhaustively. I mean, you know, it's a horrible time to ride this wave. Um, I know you feel a little bit different, but. You know, the momentum is gone. Honestly, Jordan, I don't know if he has what it takes to get the, the team won because they quit again. We'll talk about that. They quit again in an amazing fashion on Saturday. But also, the fan base is gone. I mean, I would say even his greatest supporters have now passed. But it's a mess, Jordan. You've got the board of trustees is split. They want their own guy. you got Hunter Juracek that is really blindly devoted to Sam. Um, you know, and, and as we stand today, I told you, on the phone before this, we have now been, I think, denied twice already for OCs, which that's a huge hire for Sam. He needs to make a splash there. But who would want to come to Arkansas to work with a dead man walking? You know, I mean, it's just a it's a train wreck situation, Jordan. I mean, there's there's good coaches to be had out there. The fan base <coughs> needs a, a, a flash. They need something to be excited about. And uh, I, I'm afraid that we are settling in. Uh, I hate to say it as a, as a bottom three, uh, you know, feeder, feeder there. I mean, I really, it's, it's, yeah. it's sad for me to say. Well, you know, I, I, I completely agree. It's a really tough situation. Cause I mean, if you're a big offensive coordinator name any other year, yeah. Arkansas, you know, for a guy like Brendan Marion at UNLV, 
Arkansas looks like a great promotion and, and a chance to show what you can do. However, like you said, you're going to have to come in and work with a dead man walking where you're like, well, Sam Pittman is likely getting fired in a year. Then what? Then I'm just starting over and I'm getting fired. Uh, you're essentially getting – well, I, I say that. Who knows? Maybe Arkansas hires a defensive guy and he decides to retain Brennan Marion. But there, that is far from a guarantee, and I, I just can't see – any big time OCs wanting to take that chance? So, no, it's it's kind of like Bobby Petrino this year. You know, I mean, he had to know Jimbo was on the hot seat. I mean, now he's without a job, you know, as well. He'll find a job, but I mean, it's right. It just doesn't make sense to make the move unless you really need to get to have you know have some success. So um, anyway, it's it's unfortunate. But as of today, breaking news in the pod: what we know is that Buster Faulkner from Georgia Tech. And potentially Brennan Marion have both, uh, you know, basically, I don't even know if they're formally offered, but they are not coming to Arkansas as of uh, this pod on Monday. Okay. That's fair enough. Well, we've got a lot to get into today. We're, we've got obviously a ton of coaching stuff. We're going to have to go over our pick them after that. Uh, then we're going to get into rivalry week and then we're going to preview the conference championships. Um, obviously, we're not going to be bowl games to talk about, unfortunately, but we will get into that soon enough. So, Drew, A&M is the other big team besides Arkansas in the coaching search right now, and they uh, they just hired Mark Stoops, right? That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, no, hold, sorry. That was only for about two and a half hours. It's not Mark Stoops. It is now Mike Elko. They just they got the wrong guy in the blue and white. Jordan, what, um, what, what will you remember the most about the Stoops era at A&M? <laughs> <laughs> I was asleep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, slept, I slept through the two hours that he was coach. So, but it, you know, I mean, really quick era. But it, though, it happened. It happened. <laughs> undefeated as the head coach at A and M. So you got props to him, right? Um, right. <laughs> you know, and you just got to wonder. I mean, what was his buyout? You know, did they did they have to buy him out for those two hours, or, or how'd that go? <laughs> Twenty-seven million. For, yeah, for two <laughs> that sounds about right. No, yeah. I mean. We, we talked about it from the moment this job came open, Drew. What did I say? I said it's Mike Elko. I mean, it was the most obvious choice. And I and I give the Aggies a little bit of crap because it's just like, man, leave it to Texas and Texas A&M to make the most obvious choice in the most difficult and drama-filled way possible. Um, it just – it was a – it was a weird – it was a weird way to go about it. Obviously – for those that didn't keep up with it, the A&M, and again, I'm making a lot of assumptions here, so bear with me, but A&M, uh, A&M athletic director, Ross Bjork, said, uh, came out basically, hey, we're, we're, I say he came out. It leaked out that they were hiring Mark Stoops. Well, that got to the fan base. If you got on social media, you saw about it <clears> because <throat> their fans were revolting. I'm assuming the boosters were revolting as well and that he got some calls. Because they essentially, I mean, for those that kept up with it, this is very similar to just a few years ago at Tennessee. Tennessee did the same thing when they tried to hire Greg Schiano, who's, you know, ended up going to Rutgers. Um, but instead of Schiano, they got Josh Heupel. And you got to admit that that worked out fairly well for Tennessee. Um, so we'll see if it works out well for the Aggies as well. But, you know, I thought Elko was the obvious choice from the beginning. He, he gives you a lot of things. One, he's done a great job at Duke. Um, but two, I mean, he's the one that made A&M's defense great. And it was only a few years ago. So you get a little bit of continuity with the staff. 
even some of the older players that still remember him. I think he checks a lot of boxes. Um, and I, I think he'll do well. I mean, I think he'll do better than Jimbo. So yeah, it's that's uh, a starting point. It, it's it's a it's so funny that it took the of course the Aggies made this extremely difficult to do this and really kind of pretty embarrassing as far as uh, Ross Bjork is concerned. I mean, Elko was the obvious hire, Jordan, the entire time. Um, I don't know why it was so hard when they when they announced Mark Stoops. I think you and I both were like. Okay, you know, I don't know how to feel about this. It's not a bad hire, but with that wallet and that pocketbook, um, it's super hard to think that Mark Stoops is the best you could do. But anyway, apparently got as far as Mark was telling um, people that he was taking the job. And, I mean, like you said, it was a revolt. But real quick, Mike Elko, I mean, guy brings experience at A&M, familiarity, I mean, you know, the, crazy, the stats are real. Duke won 10 games combined the three seasons before Elko took the job. Duke won nine games last year. I mean, he's a really, really good coach. Um, also, it was the second biggest one-year turnaround in ACC history uh, this past year for Mike Elko. So, great coach, great leader. I, personally, I'm excited. I'm envious <laughs> that they got him because I think if he does well, he'll be there. I mean, this is a career spot. Yeah, he could be. Well, he can be there forever. You know, a big part of the success is going to depend on who he hires as the OC. Um, but he's not a dead man walking, so he's going to have a little more options than uh, than Arkansas currently does. Um, but speaking of OCs, they got new jobs. How about them cowbells? Jeff Levy, offensive coordinator from Oklahoma, now headed to Starkville, Mississippi, to take over Mississippi State. Um, and Mississippi State is rightfully excited. You know, it, talking to a, a mutual friend of ours that went to Mississippi State, he said he's just excited to score some points. You know, if the defense takes some licks, it happens. But my gosh, he's ready to not win game six to three. Um, I don't blame him. I mean, it's it's a new era of college football. You want to score some. You're, you're you're tired of just getting shut out. I, you know, it is what it is. So Jeff Levy brings with him the RPO system, which. You know, you automatic. You already saw Will Rogers hit the transfer portal. Um, I think that arrow was going to be dead regardless. They just you, you had to move on from Will Rogers at some point, um, and he would have been the worst fit in the world for, for what Jeff Levy runs. Because with the RPO, it's a very tough offense to to stop if there is a high level trigger man, meaning the quarterback. Because um, that RPO is you you check the defense and you hand it off if they've if they've got the run lanes open or you pull it back and you fire it over the middle but again you having to do that before the offensive linemen get downfield and you get flagged for that so you have to have a high level guy running that offense um but they they can score some points drew i mean you saw his finale as the oc at oklahoma they put up 69 points on tcu that's a that's not too shabby is it i mean they give up they gave up 45, but Jeff Levy ain't running the defense. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I, I will say that is uh, that is one aspect of the hurry-up offense and everything and, and stuff that Jeff Levy likes to run. You're going to give up more points. Um, your, your, your defense is just going to have to be on the field a whole lot more because um, you're going to score a lot quicker, so your defense is gassed, all that. I mean, the amazing thing, Drew, is they scored 69 points. They ran for over 200 yards, and they – Still lost the time of possession battle. Uh, it's wow. That's not good. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
So defense had to play a lot. They gave up 45. But, again, Jeff Levy knows how to score points, and it just as a byproduct of that, you're going you're gonna to give up some more. You're going to have you know, to build a very deep defense to help help counteract that. It's funny that your buddy said, I, I can't wait to score points. Like, they're so far removed from scoring points. They're like, they're like less than a year, right? I mean, Mike Leach was there a year, a year ago. Right. Yeah, right. but it feels like eternity. Um, I love this hire so much. Levy, one of our uh, Mississippi State buddies, he just basically, uh, you know, seems like a state-type guy. And he does. He really does. But I tell you what, if you want a freaking job promotion – Go to OU and be an offensive coordinator. That's all I got to say. I mean, listen to this track record. Since 1999, every OU offensive coordinator has gone on to be a head coach. Every one. Mike Leach, Mark Mangino, Chuck Long, Kevin Wilson, Josh Heupel, Lincoln Riley, Jeff Levy. Unbelievable, man. I mean, what a – what a breeding ground. There must be an elite university there, Jordan. Yeah, it, elite. I, that's that's elite. what I've heard. The best elite. in the country is what I've heard. That, that's the, that's the <laughs> rumor thrown around. But, no, uh, I am. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, I think to some degree, I wouldn't say broke the news, but we, you know, we did tweet this out Saturday morning before any of this was known that Levy was headed to Mississippi State and that Seth Luttrell is likely going to take over as the OC at Oklahoma. I don't know that that's a long-term deal. Um, I think that's just for the bowl game. Again, for those that don't know Seth Luttrell, he was the head coach for North Texas for six years until got fired last year and became an analyst for OU. So he'll be taking over play calling duties for the bowl game. Um, and next year is up for grabs. I mean, I, I think they're going to do the whole, the whole interview process that Arkansas is doing and A&M's doing now. So they're going to, they're going to look around, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's Luttrell long-term either. So, yeah, I agree. And that, by the way, that affects Arkansas again. I hate to bring it back to Arkansas, but Arkansas Latrell yeah. is somebody Arkansas would look at. Um, also, we'll see. Probably after all these hires are made, we'll do some type of grading on you know how we feel about these hires. Let the portal shake out. Let the I like that the assistant that's shake out. You know, that's why I brought you back in the country. Yeah, that's right. I mean, but Levy makes a lot of sense. Checks a lot of boxes. I like it. We'll see. Hey, the Egg Bowl will be fun. Lane and Levy very familiar God. with each other. You Maybe know, that. Lane's gonna enjoy the. Yep, he can put on Twitter from that. So, yep. yeah, that's right. I've, trust it, me, I've, I've I've heard enough. I one of my old Miss friends has been sending me meme after meme, and he knows who he is. Of uh, you know, Lane with Jeff Levy as a kid on his shoulders, and, and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So good stuff. Um, you know, but thinking about that RPO, I, I was kind of you know spitballing ideas in my head of who's Levy going to bring in because he's going to bring in a high quality transfer quarterback. Yeah, I, I would sure. assume. And so just looking at our, you know, couple KJ, of top names, KJ, KJ does come to mind. I would not be surprised, honestly. A um, couple other big ones. I mean, Jalen Henderson at, at a and is not going to be the starter anymore, although you saw Max Johnson hit the portal. Max Johnson might be a fit at Arkansas. We'll see. Um, but Jalen Henderson could make some sense for Mississippi State. But you know who I really like, Drew? Jason Bean. Yeah. You know, Jalen Jalen Daniels is going to be the starter at Kansas next year. Sure. Sure. Why not Jason Bean? I mean, man, the guy's got the wheels for it. A Jeff Levy system. I, I think Jason Bean could do some serious damage. And, yeah. you know, like you said, he wants to score points. That's a good way to do it. I, I think KJ makes a lot of sense, too. Um, really needs to revive his career in a way. So, I think we'll see that happen. But, yeah, I like uh, I like that. I mean, is Bean, Bean is not in the portal yet, though. 
No, no, no. Okay. No, he okay. is not. Neither is, so. I don't think Didn't Jalen, so. Jalen Henderson's not either yet, but yeah. Okay. That's just me putting pieces together before the puzzle's even there. Hey, so. I mean, uh, I saw where, uh, what's the dude, uh, Vanderbilt, uh, uh, Swan. Cool. I think, I, I think. Oh no, yeah. AJ who, Swan. Yeah. Yep. He's yeah. In. I think he jumped in. So no. uh, there, there you go. No, it wasn't Swan. It was, uh, Seals. Yeah. It was Ken Seals. Seals. Ken Seals. Yep. Yeah. Ken, yep. Ken Seals, man. Come on down. Yeah. Come on. Hey, that's <laughs> not a, he's not a bad player. He started no, he's some not. games. Yeah, so, agreed. Agreed. Yep. I I would love him for depth, if nothing else. Sure. Um, I don't know if he's looking to go start somewhere, but you know, I would take him. Um, you know, it's funny, Drew. I, I think the main reason that they didn't fire Sam Pittman was probably that buyout money. What you say? Yeah, I would say so. Well, let's talk about that. So, sixteen million is what that yep. buyout money is. Houston is now paying. 15 million of buyout money to Dana Holgerson to fire him. Don't do this to me. The great university, you know, known as a football powerhouse, Indiana, (laughs) 20.8, 20.8 million to fire Tom Allen there. Um, You know, but again, Indiana, they're they're known for for football. Powerhouse. What a crazy, what a crazy amount of just dead money. Um, I mean, again, you're paying somebody not to work. Which yeah. I guess is what what your employer does for you most of the time, Drew. But uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, you know what though? I don't. Houston, I don't. As a football program, I don't think is exactly rich. But if you're going to do something like this, this is the perfect time because I think there's been a lot of rumors that Willie Fritz would be very interested in that position. Um, I saw something. I think his daughter and her family live down in Houston. Willie Fritz makes the move to Power Five, and and honestly. He is slumming it going to Houston. I, I think he could definitely do better. Yeah, that's um, a lateral. That's a lateral move to me. Yeah, but it's personally. going to the Power Five at least. Sure. So sure. I agree. A- again, yeah, I, I think Willie Fritz could have done better. But if you want to be close to family, you want to make a little more money. It's not. It's a great deal for Houston, and I think that might have played a part into. Yeah, let's make this move now because we can. We can get Willie Fritz. Plus, it's their first year in the in the. Power five now for Houston was this year. If you're going to make big moves, now is the time to do it because you're you are setting up what your legacy is going to be for the next decade, essentially. That's right. That's right. I agree. And it'd be crazy when Fritz goes to Houston, Gruden goes to Indiana. <clears throat> That's pretty. It'd be, it'd be nuts, man. I mean, John Gruden has been rumored to Indiana. I mean, it's not yeah. coaching vacancy season until John Gruden <laughs> right. comes it's, up. Oh man, it's you every know? year. He's going yeah. somewhere. So hey, you know what though? Seriously, kudos. I mean, I know we're joking about these two schools, but I mean, kudos to them for saying no. You know, we got to man up. We got to do something here. I mean, it's just it's crazy how things change. Tom Allen, I think is his name in Indiana. Yep. He was a rock star two years ago. I mean, the guy could do no wrong. You know, he's he's revived Indiana. I mean, they were higher higher than they've ever been, and uh, two years later, he's unemployed. You know, I mean, it's just the job changes so fast, and it's such a it's such a reminder uh, how quickly that you know things can can change. We're in a neat, an instant you know success uh, you know world. We are bottom line. Yeah, well, not everybody's making a coaching change, Drew. As as you know, as Arkansas fan, Baylor is not either. So I think you and I said it multiple times we expected Dave Aranda to be gone. Uh, he's apparently staying, and Baylor's just going to have to move on with with that in mind. I, you know what? 
who knows? Uh, Dave Miranda, I still, I'm still holding out hope he gets it turned around, but he could be another Dan Men walking, don't you think? Yeah, I do, and I, I don't know. I mean, I do have respect for people sticking it out. I mean, I look at a guy like Mike Norvell. What if he would have been fired? You know, straight up early on. Look at him now. But, I mean, if we did the statistics, Jordan, if we did the percentage of guys who actually make it out of, you know, that dark period and actually have success, it's it's probably low, man. I mean, it probably is. But I don't know. I mean, you got to put good assistance around you. Maybe Aranda does that. I was shocked by this. Um, we'll see how it goes, you know. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say about it. But all you can do is wait and see at this point and hope the portal doesn't clean every one of your good players. <laughs> That's all you can do. That's all you well, can do. And you've seen a lot of people talking about they're expecting this uh, this portal season to be absolutely nuts. So, Correct. you know, I mean, look, look, Michigan State's already starting to bleed into the portal. They've, they've made their hire. You know, they went, and, they went and got Jonathan Smith from Oregon State, which I think, again, we talked about it. They, Oregon State didn't have a home long-term home run hire for Michigan State. Um, I think I think that was a great one. It, it worked out really well for both parties. So. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. Yeah, it's a we love we love this guy, and uh, we've been talking about him. I think he's a good fit at Michigan State. Probably not a great fit in the South with no real traction down right. here. Um, but this this right here makes sense. And uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe a Penn State junior, Michigan State, can uh, can turn this thing around. I, I I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see. All right, before people get too antsy, we got to talk pick them. So, our one seed, Roger, taking on Jason from A&M. And Roger goes into the week, Drew, down by two games. And there's zero drama in this one because Jason went 6-1. and one, So, he didn't even need to hear the results. He knew he could not lose. So, Jason from A&M does knock out Texas, advances to the championship, where he will take on the winner of Nick or Brandon. Um, this one was tight. Brandon with a one-game lead. Nick rallies and makes up that one game. They end up tied. But that is, again, why I instituted the tiebreakers. And so the Marshall Arkansas State decides it. We are Marshall gives Nick the victory, and we're going to have a Nick versus Jason showdown. Um, battle for the best school in Texas, University of Texas, Arlington versus Texas A&M. So good luck, fellas. I think you know. I think you know the games you're picking this week. Um, All of the ranked conference championship games, but I will list them real quick: New Mexico State, Liberty, Oregon, Washington, Oklahoma State, Texas, Georgia, Alabama, SMU, Tulane, Michigan, Iowa, and Louisville, Florida State. Hopefully, that is enough to decide it. We'll see. Good luck. Uh, good luck in our championship week. There's this is not a two week thing unless for some reason you guys end up tied and we need a tiebreaker. But this is meant to be it. Um, like I said, good luck to both of you. All right. Well, they're going to have their little rivalry week, Drew. We already had ours, and the pettiness was at an all time high. I love um, it. Virginia turns on the sprinklers on Virginia Tech while they're trying to take a post game photo. Uh, you saw Texas trolling Brett Yormark on the on the jumbotron. It's it, it was fantastic. I you know it's it's kind of what college football is all about. Yep, yep, it is, it is. It's a blast. Oh, Jordan, 
we got big news here. We can't uh, head into rivalry week totally until we talk about Mike Elko's contract was just re- revealed and released. Um, looks like an annual base salary of $7 million, uh, which, you know, it seems kind of uh, conservative. However, his incentives are major. A million dollars for making the college football playoff, 1.5 for getting to the quarterfinals, $2 million for getting to the semifinals, two and a half for getting to the championship game and a whopping three and a half million dollar bonus for winning that bad boy. Uh, he can also get, uh, it looks like a hundred thousand dollars for being the SC championship game, other incentives, but his salary pool for assistant coaches is nice. It's an $11 million pool. Um, so anyway, it, it's a, it's a heck of a, heck of a contract. I like how incentive laden it is. I'm kind of reading here to see um, what his buyout is. I'm not quite there yet. I don't know if it names it. But anyway, looks like that's the contract. $77 million is what it looks like. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Did it again. Due in 20 <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, there you go. Breaking news on the pod. Look at that. I mean, that is real-time breaking news. So Real-time, baby. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you. Well, all right. Let's go back into it. I think uh, – Cap and a rivalry week. Is there is there a better place to start than the Iron Bowl? No. Fourth and a milli. Billy. Weird things happen. On the God, death separate. taxes and roll tie, Drew. My yeah. goodness. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. They should have lost this game. They legitimately should have lost it. And you know what? This is one of my big three bets, Drew, was Auburn plus 15, and they easily oh, covered that. Yeah. Um, I mean, Auburn – Auburn got the ball with 448, or should have muffed a punt to even set up Alabama in this in this position, um, and then Alabama just kept doing dumb things. I mean, they have a bad snap that rolls all the way back, and and Milrow. I mean, here's here's one of the biggest mistakes Milrow made. He had space. This was a pass play call, so he didn't have linemen downfield. Scoop that sucker up like he could have scooped that ball and fired it out of bounds. I mean. Instead, he just falls on it, and now you've got, you know, third and goal from the 31 or whatever it was. Um, yeah. Yeah, they, they end up in a fourth and goal from the 31. And, and then bad teams do do stupid things, Drew, and Auburn did a stupid, stupid thing. Mm. Mm. They went rush two with a spy on that final play. So your, your rush two are going to get zero pressure. And what are you spying for? I get Milrow is a great runner. 31 yards. If he takes off, I feel pretty <laughs> good about eight guys rallying to the football and getting yeah. him down short. No I mean, kidding. my gosh. No kidding. I mean, you're going you're gonna to have such a head start. Eight guys. Like, there's no way he's getting to that end zone. Hmm. I, I just – I don't get it. You essentially just gave him all day, which if you've seen the play, he took all day to throw this football. And eventually, receiver's going to come open. And you've yeah. got a little one-on-one in the corner and basically a 50-50 ball, and Alabama won it. You, don't, you know, in that situation, you don't want to be in a 50-50 opportunity for the other team. Auburn had their foot on the throat, and they just took it off. It wasn't a 50-50 ball, Jordan. It was a, To me, it was a 70-30 ball. I mean, he threaded it into the corner. The D-back was behind him over his uh, outside shoulder. I mean, it was perfect. I mean, he – the receiver would have had to try very hard to drop it. I mean, it was a great ball. 
But I'm with you. A couple things happened, and I kept thinking, I'm like, Auburn's going to do this. They were getting all the calls down in the fourth quarter. I mean, every call was going their way. I mean, and I was like, holy cow, Alabama's, you know. The, yeah, the, Alabama's going to lose. Yeah, and <clears throat> I mean, even the punt, the punt, that, that is a strange rule to me that that, that ball was down uh, when, when he fumbled it, but it ended up being a huge – Huge mistake, but I'm with you. How in the world do you put a spy and then allow in prevent defense that touchdown? It, it was just a complete, complete breakdown. Uh, it just reminds you that you know the good teams find a way to win, and we've been talking about this guy week after week. And bad Milrow. teams find a way to lose is bigger. They do, and they won't look. Look, I mean, Hugh Freeze. He'll get these guys going. We've seen glimpses of what they're going to be in the future, but Jalen Milrow. We could talk about this guy. I mean, unbelievable. Um, he didn't have just an incredible game, but he he just shows up when you need him to. And, You're not going to uh, give him that, that Heisman. Uh, yeah, not yet. That was a huge moment, and uh, he, he just he played a heck of a game. One hundred and seven on the ground, two fifty nine through the air, two touchdowns. I mean, not sure he could have done much more. Jermaine Burton had a nice game. So anyway, but hey, Alabama salvages their playoff hopes. And uh, they head to the SEC uh, championship this weekend. So, huge, huge win. And uh, I just thought it was fitting that great players rise up in, in big moments. Yeah. Well, and and obviously they're going to be taking on Georgia, who really, you know, the score looks closer than it was. They beat Georgia Tech 31-23, but Georgia Tech scored late. Um, yeah, honestly, was, I'm, I'm kind of impressed that Georgia Tech held their own in this game. They've they haven't done that most years. Um, but shows, shows – I mean, again, we've seen so many glimpses this year that Georgia Tech is vulnerable. So – or sorry, not Georgia Tech. Georgia, Georgia Tech is obviously vulnerable. Uh, Georgia's vulnerable. Um, I don't know. I, I still like them against Alabama. I think I think Alabama's just got more weaknesses. Yeah, so sure. I don't, I do too. Not a whole lot to get into on that one. I think they, they handled business. But, you know, one of the most – exciting games in my opinion was that Kentucky Louisville game I mean what a way to finish out your your season if you're Kentucky and retain your head coach I guess um you know I think Mark even made made a comment about uh, I just couldn't leave after that big rivalry win I, I don't think that's what it was I think this was A&M's call not Mark Stoops's call but regardless Finish the season seven and five for Kentucky. Um, which before I go any further, Drew, I'm gonna I want to quiz you on something. We had five teams from the SEC of the 14. Five teams actually hit the over rather than the under on their over under win total for the year. Kentucky is one of them. Can you name the other four? They hit the they hit the over. That hit the over. That out outplayed their win total. Hmm. Kentucky was one of them. Yep, they had a six and a half over under oh, okay. win total going into the season. They you. made and they got seven. I think Auburn tied theirs, probably, maybe. Nope. I don't know. So nope. not Auburn's nope. was six okay. and a half. Um oh man, let me think about this. Mizzou. That's correct. Is one. Uh man, look who, at the top. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, okay. The big I mean the big dog. The very top. Yeah, Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Bama. Tennessee. Tennessee? Nope, not Tennessee. Tennessee's was Georgia? nine and a half. It was Georgia, Georgia, Bama, yeah, well. and Ole Miss. 
Okay. So I thought I thought way too every everybody yeah you did everybody else hit the under. Um, so congrats to the five teams that actually outplayed their expectations. I thought I'd throw that in there, but you know it, it, again it was a nice win for Kentucky to finish the season. You beat a top ten ranked rival with Louisville. Um, yeah, I, I mean really really nice nice performance from them, and I think I think their fan base needed it after the disappointment of this year. Yeah, it's a big win. And uh, here's a stat for how big it was. Just the second time in 34 games, Kentucky has come back from 10-plus down to be an AP-ranked opponent, uh, dating all the way back to 2010. Both of those wins uh, came against Louisville, Jordan. Uh, in 16, that was Lamar Jackson. And then, of course, this past Saturday. So, anyway, big stat, yeah. I mean, Stoops can say, yeah, he's so emotional about – you know, um, the, the the rival went blah blah blah. He was he probably had one foot on the jet ready to fly to a college right. station. So I'm not I'm not quite buying his uh, well, loyalty yeah. card. I'm not buying emotional. I mean, you want to talk emotional in a rivalry game? Shane Beamer was literally crying after the Clemson South Carolina game. Now there's some emotion for you, Drew. And there's uh that is uh, Shane's yeah. weekly antics, so oh. to speak. Good. Um, yeah, give me now, right. I know it's it's always something with Shane, but man, they <sighs> they seem to love him, and I I still like Shane despite despite certain friends always updating me when Shane does something. They they always hating on him. I, I don't love that he's doing something every week, but I'm I'm still a Shane Beamer fan, and I, I I still think he gets South Carolina going in the right direction. So, yep. but not not this past week. They lost sixteen to seven. They're likely saying goodbye to Spencer Rattler. And hopefully finding some offensive line help in the portal and their recruiting class. So uh, that, that's my next prediction. I'll tell you right now, I think that uh, none other than Mr. Emotional will be on the hot seat this time next year. So, yep. wow. I do. I disagree. I do. But we, yep. we will talk about that next season. Yep. Okay. So, you know, wrapping clip up it. this season for, well, I clip say wrapping it. up. They still have a bowl game, but clip it. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll clip it if I'm right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, only if you're right. <laughs> um, LSU finishing the season strong as well. They go nine to three as they knock off A and M, forty-two to thirty. Um, really, really uh, close this game nicely. But A and M, A and M led for a lot of this game. They they played well. They played hard. Jalen Henderson threw for two ninety-four. I mean, if you're A and M. You can't really ask for anything more than that from Jalen Henderson. And I trust me, I get LSU's defense is, is hot dog poo, but still, it, it you know this game might have gotten Jalen Henderson some serious looks as a starting quarterback somewhere else next year. Yeah, so. yeah, he played well, man. I was impressed, and somebody needs to give him a chance, uh, absolutely. But for me, just solidified. If I cast my Heisman, Heisman. Vote, it's, it's yep. going to Jaden Daniels. I mean, he. He's unbelievable. I mean, the guy's accounted for, I think, 50 touchdowns, I think. I mean, it's just an otherworldly type season. Bo Nix has been unbelievable, too, though. But uh, Jaden Daniels, against the best competition in America, does it week in and week out. He is a one-man And, and he leads the team in rushing every week, too. Yeah. I mean, he's been – he really has. He's – you know, he, he reminds me a lot of Lamar Jackson in the way that he throws in yes. and throws in runs. Yeah, good. that's a good comparison. I, and I remember when he, they got him from Arizona State – and just thinking, the man, this guy's nothing special. Why did they take this guy? And uh, it just shows you really you got to give uh, Coach Kelly credit. I mean, he he obviously has 
developed him and gotten every single ounce of talent at, you know, out of him. Um, yeah. And, so, and Zach Arnett will get as much as he can out of their defense next year. Well, and so, it's, and yeah, it's, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> uh, it, it, you know, it's, it's interesting. I actually I made that Lamar Jackson comparison. I didn't think about that. They really do have a lot in common because I think Lamar and Louisville went eight and four, nine and three the year that he won the Heisman. Yeah. Um, it's just, you don't see that. You don't see that often where a quarterback from a team that's, you know, not in the playoff or at least a 10 win team wins the Heisman. So, well, hey, I mean, he ran away with this thing, though. Yeah, he did. But in Jordan, but it helps to have the best receiver in the nation as well. You know, and I know that, you know, uh, yeah. Marvin Harrison Jr. is great. Malik Neighbors is unbelievable, though. I mean, week in and week out. You know, he's I'm been great still, too. I'm still taking Marvin Harrison Jr., but I, sure, I'm not sure. gonna I'm not gonna fight you on Malik Neighbors. You know, I think I'll I think a lot of him too. So yeah, and, and you know what yep. you know what else really helped Jaden Daniels was that defense. Yeah, I mean, legitimately, the fact that their defense was so bad helped pad Jaden Daniels' stats because he kept having to score. Sure. Um, yep. Yep. You know, it, it seriously reminds me of Oklahoma teams from uh, 2017 and 2018. Baker and Kyler back to back Heisman's. It did yeah. not hurt them that their defense was so bad. Yeah. Because, again, yep. you have to play more games. You have to keep trying to score late in games. Um, I don't know. It's a weird weird aspect of the Heisman, but it, it definitely worked in his favor. So, you know, I can't believe we've gotten this far. We have not talking, talked about Florida State, Florida, the battle of the backup quarterbacks. And you know what? A hat tip to the Seminoles. I mean, they – they were down 12 nothing in this one. They, it took them a little while to get going for Automaker, the, the backup. And then he gets murdered on one play. I don't know if oh, you saw the targeting gosh, play. Terrible. Terrible. I was yeah. like, oh. I mean, I thought they were going to have to call the police because, man, that was a murder on the yeah. field. Um, but Florida State found a way to win this game um, with the running game, and their defense was phenomenal. Jared Verse had a monster game. You know, credit – Credit the Seminoles. That that is not. I keep saying this. I said it last week. That is not a bad Florida team. I know they had a five and seven record, but they they played competitive with pretty much anybody. Yeah, um, they did. But they they just made some undisciplined moments. Either there's moments oh yeah. like well that, instance, that play where they hit where they hit Rodemaker was a huge exactly. one. That and then they were outscored twenty four to three after Billy Napier called the double reverse flea flicker deal. Uh, and then J- Jamari Lines spit, you know, at rivalry week again, right. spit in the FSU player's face. <laughs> I mean, it all went to crap after that, you know. And I mean, it's just stupid stuff like that blows it. They, I mean, Florida could have won the game. They, they had the momentum. I mean, they yep. really did. Um, well, and, so, and that Rodemaker play. I mean, that was third and fourteen. He had to. He wouldn't get in there, so he slid a solid five yards short of that first down marker. But like I said, the targeting gave him a free first down. They go on to score, and now it's game over. So, I don't know. Yeah, they it, Florida had their chances, but, but what? Just like we talked about earlier, Drew, bad teams find a way to lose more often than good teams find a way to win. So, I still it is what it is. You know, I, I said Beamer will be on the hot seat. <clears throat> I actually, I, I don't know. Something in me says that Napier makes it, and that next year's a better year. Uh, he gets uh, DJ uh, Lack hold play. on. In before you say next year's a better year, I want you to remember what Florida's schedule <laughs> looks like next year. That's true. I didn't even think about that. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, clip right. that part out of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pretty brutal. We'll get into yeah. that when we start looking at next season, but 
Yeah. I, I mean, I don't even know what you call a successful season with that schedule. It's yeah. that might be the most difficult schedule in the history of college football. So, I mean, just a brutal, brutal run. Um, speaking of brutal runs, we, we got to go talk. I forgot the almost forgot Thursday and Friday games. If Friday we had uh, Missouri, oh, we're Arkansas. We're, we're gonna, oh, we, we just got to skip that one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know uh, what? There Arkansas wasn't a game. Up, there was a fight. There wasn't a, a game. Yeah, yeah. Did put up a fight. Not not in the football game, but they did put up a fight when the when the fist started flying. Um, <laughs> yeah, just just an ugly game. The Hogs scored fourteen in the fourth to make it look a little better, but forty eight fourteen. Missouri just wow. I, I mean, ten win season for the Missouri Tigers. I did not expect that. Very impressed by them. Um, yeah, I can tell you one person who's not in the hot seat anymore. It's Eli Drinkowitz. Nope, he's not. And, uh, you know, just like you and I predicted, best running back in the SEC, Cody <laughs> Cody Schrader. Uh, I mean, we talked about him earlier. If you go back and listen to a pod, I mean, I think it, it may well, not still You did be not say there. good things about Cody Schrader, Drew. You yeah. said some mean things. Well, you you said mean, that's a white running back and <laughs> – Oh my you, God! You you completely just disregarded the fact that he was a bring your lunch pail, a deceptively quick um, coach's kid, first one on the field, last one off kind of guy. Um, so yeah, it, all know. the credit. Two hundred and seventeen rushing yards against Arkansas. Cody Schrader finished yeah. this season on an absolute tear. He did, and 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 you know they honestly they could have beaten us worse than this um it was embarrassing i mean it, it's really not that big of a surprise they beat us this bad because the team had just completely quit kj got hurt in the first quarter played with the backup the whole time but uh give mizzou a lot of credit i never saw them go in this far and you got to remember they were not far away from being 11 and one so um yeah unbelievable year eli drinkwitz has got it going on you know what they're using nil they're using their recruiting bases in missouri to their advantage. So this thing, I don't think it's going to slow down anytime soon. And, hey, listen, if we could go back and play every week last year on the podcast, we dogged Brady Cook every single week. And the guy has proven time and time again, not a great game Saturday, but, man, he's gotten it done. So a lot of credit, great defense. Uh, M-I-Z, M-I-Z. That's fair. Well, I don't know if you call the Arkansas-Missouri game a rivalry game, but we'll – We'll move on to another rivalry game. Like I said, the most underrated rivalry game in college football, the Egg Bowl, Thursday night. I, I You know, I, I had this as one of my big three bets, Drew. I don't know where. I think the line might have dropped the 10, which is what Ole Miss won by. I'm going to take the loss um, on the big three bet because I took it at 10 and a half. But, you know, that, that's my own fault. I don't care how – Ole Miss is a lot better than Mississippi State is this year. But it doesn't freaking matter. Rivalry games just – they are very unpredictable. You never know. Um, and Mississippi State's defense kept them in this game. I, I got a little worried early on. I, I thought they were going to start to falter because every time – I mean, Mississippi State just kept getting stop after stop against that high-powered offense. And then their offense couldn't do diddly to help them. I mean, just three and out after three and out. Um, but give them credit, you know, Bulldogs hung tough. They hold Ole Miss to three points in the first half and, uh, you know, they lose it 17 to seven, but I, I think it was a really, really nice showing from Mississippi state. Oh, you, know, you got to, Hey, listen, when you drive, your coach drives out on a freaking four wheeler 
You mean you got to show up, dude? That's tough. You know, I like that. I like that little touch to put in there. Um, yeah, hey, they played their hearts out. It was good stuff. I just thought it was another, um, you know, representation of Ole Miss figuring out new ways to win every single week, which is a sign of a great team. The sad part for Ole Miss is Missouri really needed to lose. And Ole Miss is probably going to be the best team, uh, you know, looking in on some of the better bowls. Um, so I, I think Mizzou will, will hop them in that. And they really need, like I said, the Tigers to lose. But uh, great team. Jackson Dart coming back next year. He's announced. So not a great game by, by really anybody, but a hard-fought game. And the Egg Bowl, like you said, never – Never disappoints. Yeah. All right, let's move over to the Big 12. So, conference championship, Texas, Oklahoma State. Texas, no uh, no real issue getting there. 57-7 to over Texas Tech. I mean, they they had to hear all offseason from the Red Raiders. Um, and trust me, they shared around the Big 12 commission, Brett Yormark, talking about, I hope you all beat Texas in Austin because I'll be there. Well, Texas took full advantage of that and used it as a whole lot of, you know, motivation. And they, they took out their frustrations on the Red Raiders. Um, Texas is, is, is looking very stout. And I don't think Oklahoma State's going to even be able to keep it within three touchdowns. Um, nope. Now, the Cowboys, on the other hand, they flirted with disaster. And, and what a perfect – for them to go to the championship in this manner, what a perfect representation of their season, you know. 24 to 6 at half against BYU. They're down. Um, and a lot of people left them for dead. Just started assuming, oh, we're going to get OU Texas in the conference championship game. But just like they did this season, Oklahoma State got up off their back and, uh, you know, and it was not pretty. But they found a way to win this game. You know, it's, it is what it is. Uh, BYU had their chance to put this game away and just couldn't do anything offensively in the second half until they until they were able to force overtime um but it's funny it, it's eerily similar if, if if BYU had a one had won this Drew I feel like you would have of all people you would have sympathized with the Cowboys just because of how the Arkansas BYU game was um yeah o- Oklahoma State outgained BYU 503 yards of offense to 327 I mean just hmm. You know, a huge difference, but and again, same amount of turnovers. I don't know what it is about BYU, but they do a lot with a little, apparently. Yeah, you know, I, really, what I think was the the X factor was their crowd. I mean, they just really motivated them. To, <laughs> to, oh wait, they didn't have a crowd. Nobody showed up. Okay, yeah, conference title on the line, conference championship, a game on the line. Nobody shows up. Do better, Oklahoma State fans. But um, you know, at the end of the day. Crummy weather. That's that's pitiful. It's pitiful. I mean, it really is. And I, I really don't understand it. Kind of hard to believe Gundy has stuck there so long. But anyway, neither here nor there. I mean, OSU, great, great win. I mean, just such a weird year. But honestly, did what they needed to. Maybe one of Gundy's best coaching jobs. I mean, they did what they needed oh, yeah. to um, to get to the championship game after that first couple weeks. I mean, almost unthinkable. Well, so, uh, did you see how the game ended, Drew? That final play, and for those for those that missed it, so Oklahoma State um, is on defense. BYU's pick, picked up the first down on this play, uh, and Tucker's making the tackle, and the BYU receiver goes to the ground, but of all things, his knee lands on the foot 
of the Oklahoma State defender that's tackling him. Again, this is in the open field. Nobody else is there. And as it's on the foot, he rips the ball loose and grabs it to recover for the win. Because at this yeah. point, Oklahoma State had already scored. Um, I, I mean, just – it took every everything you had for Oklahoma State. I mean, that's what, the, what it took was a knee landing on a foot. I mean, just yeah. – uh, I don't know. Just kind of a dream season for the Cowboys, but – you know, kudos to them. You know, the sure. team that got left out with the Cowboys uh, winning, and it was also disappointing, was Oklahoma. Obviously, 69-45, a little uh, little glimpse to the old old school Oklahoma uh, in the Lincoln-Riley era as they just win a shootout. It didn't matter what TCU did. I mean, this TCU scored a touchdown late. So this was – I mean, that's the thing, Drew, is TCU scored 38 points at, late in this game. And they're down by 31. I mean, goodness. I mean, more than four touchdowns. So, uh, Dylan Gabriel goes essentially goes out with a bang. He'll probably still play the bowl game, but 400 yards passing and three touchdowns. Um, Drake Stoops won his last game in Norman. I mean, that's that's a name that will always be OE royalty. And it's been 25 years of Stoops from the time his dad was hired. I think. Drake was not even born yet when Bob Stoops was hired. He was born in Norman, grew up there, and now he finishes his career. 12 catches, 125 yards, and a touchdown on Saturday. You know, good for him. Just embodies that hardworking, undersized receiver. So, but, you know, again, they have to move on from the Jeff Levy era. We talked a little bit on the OC side. We'll, we'll see what Oklahoma decides to do there. Yeah. All right. Are you ready for the craziest box score of the week? I'm ready. Iowa State, Kansas State. This is I'm going to read some of this off to you, Drew, because it it is freaking nuts. I don't know if you watched the game. For those yeah, of you missed watch it, it you, you missed out big time. Yeah, it was all. I mean, like a foot of snow. I mean, this is what Christmas looks like on a football game. So, total yards: Iowa State, four hundred and eighty-eight. Kansas State, 497, right? It's a shootout. It's a 42-35 Iowa State win. Not a big deal. You're close in total yards. Total plays. Kansas State ran 102 plays on offense. Iowa State ran 35, Drew. 35 <laughs> plays. 488 yards of offense. One guy at 276. <laughs> I, I have never... And in the snow, yeah. snow no less. It's just it is baffling. I mean, you look at what what Abu Sama did. I mean, sixteen carries for two hundred and seventy six yards. Jalen Noel had three catches for one hundred and sixty yards. Mm. Uh, it just Rocco Beck only threw twelve passes, but he, yeah. he completed eight for two hundred and thirty yards. I mean, just it was. I I don't even know what to make of that game because again. Kansas State had five touchdowns. Their longest of the five was 15 yards. The others were all five yards or less. I mean, that is K-State to a T. Iowa State's shortest touchdown of their six was for 33 yards. Their other ones were for 71, 77, 79, 60, and 82 yards. Like nuts. Uh, yeah, just dashing through the snow. That's right, and it looked like yeah. it looked like a horse sleigh that was pulling them or something. Because I, I don't know, but yeah, that's a game. If you didn't watch it, go watch the highlights. That one's a fun one for sure. Yeah, 
Yeah, and you won't forget that game. I mean, and really, we talk about Oklahoma State winning in, in true fashion. I mean, this was kind of true fashion for Iowa State as well, to win in a weird way and have a nice year. I mean, 7-5, yeah. 6-3 yeah, conference. Left, you know? left them for dead, and, and here they are. Yeah. So, Drew, Drew, did you hear – do you know what they call that rivalry game between Iowa State and K-State? What's that? They call it Farmageddon. Okay, good deal. Which I like is, that. I, I love it. it. It almost feels like it could be Iowa-Nebraska, who also <laughs> played this week. Right. Um, and managed to still hit the under. The under of that game was twenty four and a half points, and they won thirteen to ten. Marn burner, Marn burner. Oh man! Hey, hey! You know what? Speaking of, for Arkansas's offensive coordinator, have y'all thought about Brian Ferentz? I, I, I hear he's not going to be at Iowa anymore. Yeah, we should, we should give him a try. We should give him a try. You know why not? What do we have to lose with him? We might end up with him. <laughs> He scored three points against Mississippi State. It can't be worse. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Let's wrap up. Again, Dave Aranda, another tough loss, 34-31. They put up a fight at home against West Virginia, but the Mountaineers finished 8-4 and on the season. Really, really nice year. I mean, they, uh, of anybody, they outplayed their expectations, especially from our podcast because – Drew, I think, had them dead last uh, of 14 teams. I had them pretty low as well. So, kudos to them. I'd say they uh, they should be pretty happy with how their year went. Yep, Claus a Mountaineer fan. I'm telling you, Neil, Neil Brown saved his job. I mean, he really did. He saved his job. Well, you're really. telling us, so I guess you're coming out of the closet on the pod. <laughs> yeah, I was sorry, sorry about that. You saw that one words. coming. I need to pick my words a little bit wiser, uh, you know. But, uh, no, I, I thought it was – an impressive win, and they took care of business. Painful for for Dave Aranda being so close so many times, but man, this a uh, a year to forget in Baylor yeah. uh, history, no doubt. Well, Houston loses. UCF beats them twenty seven thirteen. Since Holgerson out the door, and UCF six and six going bowling in their first year in the Big Twelve. So, congrats to the Golden Knights. Uh, we will see where they end up. Also going bowling. Kansas, they uh, they bowled over Cincinnati 49-16. The Jayhawks go 8-4 and four on the year, 5-4 and four in the Big 12. Is it the end of the Lance Leipold era, though? I don't know. You know, no, nowhere is he really picking up traction at this point, Jordan. I mean, I, I'm trying to think. It's surprising, isn't it? Yeah, it, maybe, he's, maybe he's happy. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe he's happy right now. My gut tells me he's waiting for that Arkansas job uh, to open up. That's what my that's what my gut tells me. It's, I so, mean, if, uh, it, honestly, that makes some sense. <laughs> no, I'm I'm joking. I it's mean, not a it's not a far move. It's still the same region. I mean, yeah, and he, all he has to do is is add an AR to his his current. Yeah, that's right. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. He doesn't really fit anywhere right now. And there may be more jobs open up in the coming days this week, but. Right now, I just think he knows he's got a good thing going, and uh, for him to move, it's going to have to be the perfect situation. Kind of like I, I get it. Kind of like Jonathan Smith, <clears throat> honestly, uh, from Morgan State. Right. I mean, he's he's had chances to go other places, but this was just a good move for him. And uh, anyway, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see on Leipold. Okay. All right. Conference championship week, Drew. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma State, Texas, Georgia, Alabama. Which we'll start with the big one. We'll start with Bama, Georgia. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say winner of this game is into the college football playoff. I, even even if it's Bama, I think that they still sneak in as the SEC champion. Um, that being said, I don't think 
I don't think it happens. I think I'm betting Georgia and I'm taking, you know, and even on the, on the spread, I think it was four, it jumped to five. I'm still taking Georgia to win this by yeah. a touchdown. This is going to be an unbelievable game. I mean, I'm, I'm giddy. I can't wait for it. Um, you know, it's kind of crazy to think that the SEC could legitimately get blocked out. I was thinking about that today uh, from the, the playoff, but there is no way that the powers that be allow that to happen. I'm with you. I can't see them saying no to Alabama when they have so much momentum going, and their only loss is to a heck of a Texas squad. Um, you yeah. know, they might be in the playoff as well. So, I I don't know. I uh, It's going to be a huge game, but I'm with you. I think it gets settled on the field, and I think Georgia's just a little bit better at this point. Don't think it matters. And uh, big time, big time game though. Going down to the fourth quarter, going to be going to be fun. Well, we we might end up at my uh, what I asked you before with the the Texas with a one loss Texas, one loss mm-hmm. Bama, one loss Georgia. I want to see it honestly. I'm rooting. Well, I can't root for Bama. My wife went to Georgia. If if I was just uh, listen to the pod, what's the matter? I am rooting for Bama just for the chaos. Yeah, this whole situation. Yeah, I think it. I think it'd be hilarious just to see that committee go. Really, guys. I mean, again, and this doesn't matter if um, you know if if Florida State gets upset or or, or whatever. Um, it's good. Easily. Spot. Easily. Right. I mean. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they could definitely lose to Louisville. I mean, they, keep in mind, Florida State does not have Jordan Travis anymore. So, but if say they don't, I mean, Michigan rolls over Iowa because. What a joke of a conference championship game that is. Uh, Florida State wins. It doesn't matter if there's no Jordan Travis. They went undefeated. They're not getting left out. Um, they deserve to be in, and they should. So let's say it's those. Let's say – and this kind of throws a little wrench into it too. Let's say Washington wins over Oregon. They're definitely in as the three seed and then they get – or in the third spot. And then you do have that Texas. Uh, even Ohio State's kind of going to be mentioned there with one loss. Bama, Georgia for that final spot. And what a, I mean, it'd be the most anticipated playoff selection show ever. I mean, what a crazy turn of events that could be. And it's finally actually playing out where that may happen. Um, But again, all this relies on Bama actually winning that game for the entertainment value. So we'll, we'll see if it happens. This may, may just be us talking for no reason, but it would be funny. The other wrench though, Drew is let's say that happens and Oregon beats Washington. Well, I think at that point, Washington's out. But you still, and even even though Washington would be a one-loss team, but they would have just lost to Oregon. They're not, they don't pass the eye test like those other teams do. But then, you know, you're still talking about Michigan and Florida State would be in, and now you're talking about a one-loss Oregon, a one-loss Texas, a one-loss Bama, and a one-loss Georgia, all for two spots. Yeah, and uh, honestly, as much as it sucks for Texas because they did beat Bama, they did it in Tuscaloosa. I I, I kind of think it's Alabama and Oregon that get those two spots with the championship yeah. games. I and want, you know I what want. really what hurts Texas the most is that they get Oklahoma State, not Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they could have had a bigger win to to cap yeah. off their season. I want Oklahoma State to beat Texas. Now that that would be wild. So that, uh, again, that would be the spread bonkers. bonkers. I believe it's 13 and a half. Texas. I think Texas wins this sucker by three touchdowns. Yeah, they plus. Uh, I mean, what they did to Texas tech. I mean, that's 
that's about what I, 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 I say that. I don't expect them to be Oklahoma State by 50, but 24, 28, yeah, I, I could see it happening. Texas is a very good team. They are focused. There's no reason for them not to be focused on this game, and I don't think Oklahoma State's all that great. Despite yeah, their 9-3 and three record and their top 20 ranking, I think Texas runs away with this one. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So, a lot of, a lot of fun to come. Um, next week, obviously, we're going to be talking – well, we'll be recapping who does win these conference championship games. But, again, we already told you who's going to win them. So, actually, I don't know, Drew. You didn't give us a pick. I, I know you're picking Texas. Bama, Georgia, who are you picking to actually win? I'm picking Georgia. I want Bama to win, though. So, But I'm picking okay. Georgia in that game. But I think it's tight, tight as can be, no doubt. Okay, so one-point game is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> maybe a three-point game. <laughs> okay, okay. Two-point game. Two-point game. Yeah, yeah. Two-point game. You heard it here first from Drew. <laughs> so take uh, take Bama and the points. Um, I think Georgia wins by seven, but that's that's all right. We'll we'll find out on on Saturday. Um, yeah. Now stay tuned with us next week. We're going to get into obviously all the bowl selections, and we will start our year in review. Um, we're going to start. We're going to do a you know, we're going to spend some time doing reviews for every every team in our conferences. Um, just kind of how the year went. We're going to grade it out, how the future looks, you know, all, all the fun stuff. Um, we'll start with a few teams next week, and obviously these will all be teams that are not going bowling. Um, talking Houston and, and Cincinnati, Arkansas, Florida, Mississippi State. Um, so – I'm not saying we're doing those next week, but we're going to do a few and then we'll continue to do several over the next few weeks. Um, but we're not going to, we're not going to recap anybody's season until they've played their bowl game if they have one. So keep that in mind, but Drew, it's good to have you back. I had fun. Did you have fun? I had fun. Next time we'll do the podcast from the beach, from the beach. There you go. Turks yeah. and Caicos Southern Blitz. Part two. Right. We need we we need some fans down there. You know, we need some yeah. fans. live on location. There you go. There you go. We're south in here, so no, that's and, right. You know, that's right. Yeah, well, we'll let the uh, the Southern Blitz is signing off. We are more southern than moonshine and bluebell ice cream. So <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. See you next week, guys.